I believe that we have access to him wherever we are, in whatever situation that we might be in, that he is available and he is ready for us to come into his presence with singing, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I know that most of you, I I would hope, uh, would rather be here tonight than at home. Uh, But I'm thankful that we have this means to stay in touch. And I am grateful for all of the technology and our great team that's helping us make sure that you can be a part of our service tonight. We've chosen this schedule for a couple of weekends for precautions sake. I would like to try to allay and calm any fears that you might have. I want it underscored, number one, that our large list of prayer requests every Sunday are not all COVID patients. Uh, We have a lot of people that are in need of prayer. We do have some that are sick with COVID, but very few, and we're grateful for that. Those that are at home are getting better, and uh, we are praying for the continual healing and hand of God upon those who are in the hospital. I would ask you to keep lifting them up in prayer and uh, we're going to hold on and believe God for great and mighty things. I, uh, I'm grateful that we have not had a massive outbreak, although there may be a few that think we have. We've not and we're grateful for that, but we are uh, hurting tonight for all of those that are suffering through this uh, difficult time. I want to remind you that if you have fever, when we have services, stay home and watch online. If you're not feeling well, it would be better for you to stay home and watch online. I remind you that if you've been around anybody that has... COVID or you know of them as testing positive, then we would ask you to do the same. Stay home for that 10-day period and help us keep everybody safe. And if you're in doubt, stop self-diagnosing yourself and go get tested. It's really not that bad and help calm your fear. It may not be anything other than just Uh, fear itself, but I think we need to use wisdom in this hour. I am looking forward to seeing you this coming Sunday. We're going to have a great weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. We only had one service scheduled for a.m. this coming Sunday, and we ask you to remember the protocols that we mentioned in the video that went out the other day. Now let me get to what I feel compelled in my spirit to share with you tonight, and I believe that it, it is something that will resonate with us throughout this month. Believe it or not, it's the first day of September. School, we know, is back in session, and for the most part, I think our families are getting back into a familiar routine and our regular schedule in life, and so we are looking forward to perhaps uh, a little bit more of uh, a regular 
routine in life. We're entering into a new season, not just naturally and physically, but I believe we are entering into a new season spiritually. It is a season that for the last several weeks and even a month or so, I have felt uh, it was going to be a vital time for Greater Life Church. And there is one word that has resonated in my spirit over and over about this time, this season that we are in. And that word is refocus. I believe that that is what God would want from all of us and for all of us, that we would take the time and refocus our eyes, our mind, our spirit, our efforts on the things that matter to him and his kingdom. This word has been in my heart for weeks, refocus. I have felt it when I have prayed and when I think about it, there is something in the spirit that prompts me to want to explore more fully what that word means. Life, as you are well aware, uh, often requires of us time to bring our lives back into focus or to make sure that we are properly focused on the right thing. Sometimes life can jostle us and it can cause us to lose that sharpness of focus that we need. To simply put it, I I feel like one thing that would help all of us is a little more clarity. Spiritually speaking in particular, I believe that focus and refocusing is critical to the future that we desire as a church and as individuals and for our family. I believe that it is making sure that our attention is on the right thing, that we are putting our efforts into the things that last, that we are turning our hearts and tuning our hearts to the things which are above and that we are making sure that our aim is still on target, that we have fixed our eyes upon Him and He is clearly in our sight and all other things fade into the background, centering our thoughts upon that one thing. We need for that to happen in all of our lives. I believe it is important in the hour in which we live that the essential things of life and the priorities of life be brought uh, into a more clearly defined uh, way in our daily living at times I know that you're aware of this, but at times the lines of life can become blurred. I know you've seen it 
before, but so many times in baseball when the batter gets into that little rectangular box they call the batter's box, they, 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 they scrape the dirt around. And there's a lot of reasons for doing that. But one of the reasons, it seems, is to kind of fade that out so if they step out of that box, they would not be disqualified and ever so often they have to come in and and redraw uh, the lines and make them clear because we want to know that we're in the right place and we're doing the right thing and life has a way uh, of doing that our the lines become blurred and we have to come to a place where those lines can be brought back into a sharper focus. We have to readjust the lens of life. How many times has life jostled us? Or how many times have we been bumped in life? And whatever it was that bumped us or jostled us caused us to lose sight of the things that we really needed to be focused on. And we got our eyes on peripheral things and So many times that's where my troubles come from. When I get my eyes off of what I really need to have them on and I start looking around, I I can become confused and I can become disoriented. I believe that it is time for us to readjust the lenses of our spiritual life so that we can see things as we ought to see them and to see things as God would desire us to see them. We need to see things, I believe, and this is what I've been praying for for several months now. God, give me a fresh perspective. Give me a fresh vision. I need a refreshing to come in my sight so that I can see things in a new and fresh way. Sometimes we can get so stuck in life in our ruts that we think this is all it's ever going to be and we let those ruts define us. But worse than that, we let them limit us so that we're held within their bounds when God has so many things outside those ruts that he wants us to experience but because we've become distracted or we've lost focus or we've lost vision or we've lost direction whatever it is that's happened we 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 are losing the best that God would want for us and so we need to put more and more effort into that renewing and I pray that you would join with me this month the month of September We are designating as a month of refocused prayer, refocused efforts, refocusing on everything that we do from Sunday school to youth ministry to hyphen adults and and so on. I want there to be a tuning of our eyes and our ears so that we can hear what the Spirit has to say unto Greater Life Church to adjust that lens and sharpen that picture. And we need it more now than we've ever needed it before. For some of us, having this happen will mean that we're going to begin to regain traction. 
because we've slipped and, and we've lost our footing. And this is a great time for us to get in a place where we can get our feet under us and, and we can get moving again in the right direction or we can get out of just spinning our wheels, gain some traction and start moving forward. It's for others going to involve a recouping of losses, things that we've let slip away from us. We've allowed to move away and uh, not be a priority in our life. And we're, it's going to be about regathering those things and, and br- making them a part of our daily life again. And for others, it will mean a recapturing of a lost vision. We have not really seen a clear vision in a long, long time. And I believe it's September, this month, a month of prayer and refocus prayer is going to help us capture that vision and make sure that we are seeing what God wants us to see in this hour. And for many, this refocusing will involve recovering a waning passion. It's amazing to me how easy it can be for you and I to lose that passionate desire and that passionate hunger for the things of God and the church and the spirit and we become satisfied with the routine and the ritual and we never break out of that. God, I'm asking you to wake us up and help us realize the opportunity that is in the hour in which we live. And I believe for all of us, all of Greater Life Church, this season of refocusing is going to allow us to redeem the time. The word means to buy up all that you can of that valuable commodity called time and utilize it for the glory of God. All of this for the purpose of turning us more clearly toward and returning us to a more God-focused life. And I believe that God will help us in supernatural ways when we begin to pursue that time of refocusing and, and, and trying to get the lens of life to be sharper and, and the lines more defined and, 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 and the objective more clearly in sight to gain a fresh perspective and to sharpen that focus so that we can be more effective. There's no greater nor better way that I know of to do that, to gain this refocusing of life than by and through the avenue of prayer. I don't know of anything that you and I can do that is more powerfully adapted to helping us regain that focus, turning that lens. It is the greatest avenue of opportunity that you and I have to bring our lives into that sharper focus and into the alignment with God's divine will and God's divine purpose and I read something today that has stirred my spirit and I pray that that it will stir you as well. But 
and I don't remember the writer's name, but she said that when we sow a seed, we plant a narrative of future possibilities. I want to read that again. When we sow a seed, we plant a narrative of a future possibility. Think about it. A seed, a tiny little seed, but something that is so full of promise and potential that many of us cannot even fathom what we hold in our possession tonight. But locked up inside that little seed that we have in our possession tonight is a world much bigger than anything we can even imagine or dream. It is a better future. It has, it, it means a better home life. It means a better marriage. It means a better church life. It means better relationship. It's all wrapped up in that seed that is in your possession tonight. And the question is, what is the narrative that you want written for the future of your life? It's in your hands tonight. It's in your possessions right now. That narrative is found in what you are willing to sow in this season. What is it that you are willing to sow? What is it that you are willing to put into the ground and allow God to do His divine work upon so that He can bring it to fruition? When we sow a seed, we plant a narrative of future Possibilities. Would you look back with me to the passage that we read from on Sunday evening? I didn't do a really good job Sunday evening of, of expressing what I sensed in the Holy Ghost and what I felt so strongly in this place on Saturday night during prayer. But I want to tell you that God awakened something in me. And I believe that his wanting to awaken that same thing in you as a church. But in particular tonight, I know the 11th chapter begins with the disciples inquiring about the Lord teaching them to pray. And he gives them the, 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 the method of prayer. This is how you pray. You don't have to repeat these exact words, though there's nothing wrong with this. But this is a pattern for prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, really it's the disciples' prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The wonderful way in which it begins. And then he goes into the story that we preached from Sunday night about the man who had a guest come to him at midnight. And uh, he had nothing to offer, so he goes to his friend, his neighbor, and he knocks at midnight. And uh, the man would not respond at first. But because of his persistent importunity, because of his persistent staying and knocking at the door, 
The man said, I will arise and give him, not because I feel sorry for him, not because he's my neighbor, but because of his importunity. And oh, tonight, that word, I pray that it will work on us more and more in the days to come, importunity. And when Jesus concluded that, I want to direct you now to verse 9 and 10. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, I believe it is. And he said, so I say to you, or and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And so I tell you, it is important that you underscore that very beginning statement, the whole purpose of this illustration I've just given you is to validate what I am about to tell you and that is that if you ask, you will receive and you keep on asking. If you seek and keep on seeking, if you knock and keep on knocking, he said, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen. We know that the story that happened previous to this verse happened at midnight. And so I want to go back to that thought for just a few moments, and I want to talk to you about why midnight prayer is so important. Now, please listen to me carefully. I, I do not mean by midnight prayer that only prayer that is made late in the night is effective prayer. I don't mean that. I don't believe Scripture means that, although in this case it was literally a midnight hour. Uh, A.W. Tozer in one of his books said that revival are born after midnight. And I, I, I believe that statement. I, I do believe that. But if by that statement I mean that God can only hear me at the midnight hour, then, and, and, and He can't hear me during the daytime, then that's not true. That is not what He meant. Or if by that I mean that that God only answers my prayer when I'm tired and I'm wore out and I'm weary. And that prayer has greater effect than when I'm refreshed and, and rested. Then I want to say again that that is not true. So, if that is not true, what is true about revival at midnight? Midnight is a principle to me. It's not just a time frame, although that is very important. There is considerable truth in the idea that revivals are born after midnight, because midnight represents that uncomfortable time. It is that season or time of day or night, I should say, when we really want to be resting and, and sleeping and yet we're called on to do these other things. And so when we talk about revival 
born at midnight or born after midnight. We really mean revivals come to those who want them badly enough that they will stay with it until they come. No matter what time it is, morning, evening, or night. No, there is no greater merit in late hour prayer than in early morning prayer. But it does require a seriousness of mind and a determined heart to pray past midnight. So maybe more than just an hour, what God is looking for are people who will pray past the expected time. They will pray past the expected hour. The second thing to me that midnight speaks of is that we pray past the ordinary into the unusual and the extraordinary. We pray past the usual and the ordinary into the supernatural. And unfortunately, most of us never get there. We stop too soon. But for the soul that presses on into the unusual and past the ordinary, I am here to tell you that there is an experience of the supernatural that will come. I love the scripture in John that speaks of Jesus in the garden when he had brought his disciples there to pray with him and he had asked them to pray and he had left them. The Bible said that he went a little further and fell on his face. I am convinced tonight there was a place where men slept but there was another place a little further where the will of man was broken And the will of God was submitted to. And so it is in our life. There's a place where our will is still active and our will is still dominant. But if we keep moving and we just go a little further in prayer, we get to that place where our will is not the priority. Not my will, but thy will be done. And when we get into that realm of prayer, we have entered into the realm of the supernatural. And I believe that's where the revival is that we as a church wants so desperately. So if you need a title for my message tonight, here is my title. Do yourself a favor. Do your family a favor. Do your church a favor and pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray fervently. Continue in prayer. Pray at midnight. Pray in the morning time. But pray past the ordinary into the extraordinary. Pray Pass your will and pray into that divine will. Midnight prayer means that if you and I will ask, if we will only ask, God will give us more than we ask for. And I've never seen this until today, but if you go back and look at that story, the man who came knocking at the door, Asked for three loaves. That's all he wanted. That was, 
It may not have been enough, but it would be enough for that night. Under the circumstances, you know, you don't want to get too extravagant in your request. And so he only asked for three. I have no idea how many were actually being fed or if three was even enough. But this I know that he kept knocking. And finally the man said, I will get up and I will give him. And I want you to note it. Read it in your Bible. It said, he said, I will give him as much as he needs. I'm here to tell Greater Life Church that when we go to God in prayer, when we get serious about seeking him, when we get focused on doing that, when we get past our will and pray in his will, I am here to tell you tonight that whatever you ask of God, God will give you more than you ask for. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Don't allow the delays that happen in the, in, in the life of prayer to become a distraction. Keep praying. Keep praying. Let me say that again. Don't allow the distractions or uh, 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 delay to become the distraction in your prayer. Don't allow that time that sometimes intervenes between an offered prayer and an answered prayer. Don't let it drive you to distraction. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Stand at that door unashamed and ask God, Here I am, Lord. We're asking you to do it again. Give us that kind of longing for revival, God. Give us a serious mind and a determined heart for the things that are beyond the normal and help us that we can find our way into the realm of the supernatural. Help us to give ourselves this month to a season of serious prayer of refocused prayer, of refocusing of our position, our priorities, our sharpening, and even if need be a changing of our direction to help us get moving in the right direction. Fervent prayer in this hour availeth much, not fainting prayer. The effects that are attributed to importunity are obvious from our story. The needs were met and greatly met. I believe that continuing prayer and consistent prayer is going to be the key to this season at Greater Life Church. This season for your family, for yourself, for your home, for your marriage. I'm talking to somebody right now that's watching this service that the key to your marriage is wrapped up in the seed you have in your hand and what you're willing to sow in this hour. And that seed that you're willing to sow is going to be the narrative of the future that you hope for. Frequency. Amen. That needs to be a daily thing. Praying always, he said. Praying without ceasing. You say, I don't know how to do that. Yes, 
you can. Just staying in the spirit of prayer. That doesn't mean that I go all day long mumbling or speaking prayers, but in my spirit there is that prayer that continually goes up. It's like the burning incense. Once you get the fire going and you put the incense there, then the fire underneath causes the incense to heat up and there is a steam, there is an odor that begins to rise up and we can have that going on continually in our heart. There has to be a fervent prayer. Prayer that moves beyond the realm of words and forms and moves into that divine dimension of power and supernatural. Amen. He said, ask. I believe that's a challenge to our faith tonight. What are you big enough to ask for? What are you courageous enough to ask for? I am asking God for greater things. There is not the slightest indication anywhere in Scripture that would suggest that me coming to that door too frequently is something that will get God irritated. It will get God's attention It will cause God to want to move. But it does not irritate God for me to keep asking Him. There's not the slightest indication that you're coming back time and time again is is trespassing into that spiritual dimension that God is wanting to take you. Ask. That is a challenge to our faith. Ask. That is the opening of our hearts to the infinite. When we ask, God is going to give us greater than we ask. I see it in scripture throughout the word that God always does better. He does greater things than they can even imagine. It is for our faith to be extended in this hour and to apply it to what we have need of that God is calling us. Greater Life Church, listen to me tonight. I plead with you. I earnestly plead with you. Let prayer become the controlling work in our lives over the next few weeks. Let it shape our plans. Let it honor God. Let it refocus our eyes, our hearts, our attention upon Him. And I promise you, That every opposition that you are facing right now, God will counterbalance that opposition with an overwhelming assurance of His presence. Jesus knew all the difficulties that you and I would encounter when it came to this thing called prayer. And that's why He reminds us to never give up and never stop praying Things may stagger us, but they're not going to knock us out. We have His authority to stand upon tonight because the Word said, For I say unto you. When He said it, He established it. When He said it, He set in order a divine law that He will not violate. He will fulfill. And there is no law of nature There is no law of man. There is no decree that can prevent 
the efficacy of your prayer and my prayer when we get down on our knees and begin to call out upon him. And so greater life, I'm asking you tonight, do yourself a favor. Do your family a favor. Do your marriage a favor. Do your home a favor. Do your church a favor. And let's pray. Let's pray with a fervency. Let's pray with an expectation. Let's just keep knocking at that door. Let's keep seeking after those things. Let's keep asking God for those miracles that we need. And asking Him shamelessly. I love that word, shamelessly. Without any hesitation, without any inhibitions, we come boldly before the throne of grace. And he said, if we do, we will find help in our time of need. Father, tonight, I know that my words are limited, but yours are unlimited. I am in this building. They are in their homes. I'm asking you right now to move through the airwaves into every home, into every heart, every soul that's watching and listening right now and begin to stir, Lord, and help us get our hand on that lens and begin to focus it, refocus it on the things that matter to you, that should matter to us, the things that should be the priorities of our life and the things that when we sow that seed, we are planting the future possibilities and promises for our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you much. I thank you for tuning in tonight. One last thing before I let you go. Please be in prayer for all of our churches and families in Louisiana that suffered through the hurricane on Sunday. If you would like to give financial help There are several ways of doing that. You can do it through Reach Out America, their website, uh, roa.org, I believe it is. You can go there and make a contribution. If you want to give it to the church, we will then in turn uh, funnel it toward those in that area that are in need. We are trying today to help coordinate taking a 1,000 gallons of gasoline uh, over there to help our families, our church families that are so desperately in need of help right now. So pray for them. Do what you can. Look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. God bless you. Go in peace and live under the power of His banner and His name. God bless you.